M-O-T. It's easy as A, B, C. Course mode in one, two, three. M-O-T. Crikey, cost the bleeding lock on me. Hello, 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 hello to the denizen of downloaders contemplating the high cost of getting the motor car ready for the Ministry of Transport's certificate. That's what MOT stands for, you see. I've sent the details of a cheap garage in East London to each and every one of you. Tell them Dukey sent you. And uh, <clears throat> just ignore their questionable methods and off-the-radar immigration status here in Blighty. The theme for this week's show is MOT'd off. In Britain, we need to ensure that all of the Queen's motorways, highways, byways and, well, alleyways are driven on by cars that meet the Ministry of Transport's rigorous standards. In other less stringent parts of the world. Only emissions tests are an annual reality. Here in Britain, however, the yearly MOT test is intensive, thorough, and can make you feel a bit, well, violated. Financially, that is. So, double-check your tyres, fill up the oil, ensure that the seatbelts are working and that no warning lights are illuminating your dash. This is the Dukey Radio Show. And yes, we've passed our MOT certificate. <laughs> Only just. All of London, even the handbags, are swinging to the sides of the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show does not broadcast on a frequency that exists. However, it's available for download every Monday if you're up for it. And oh, heads up, you are. Who is this guy? He sounds like an asshole. In the studio with me, I have Sylvia Silversmith. Hello. Hello, Dookie, and hello, all lovely Dookie listeners. And the woman with the razor-sharp voice, Marsha MacDonald, greetings and salutations to you. Yeah, hey, greetings, and yeah, what up, and all that crap. The theme for tonight's show is MOT'd off. My trusty Volvo estate car had to have its MOT this week, and, well, it's been as emotional as it has been expensive. Oh, my word. But despite the incredible expense and the length of time it took... My Swedish beast passed its MOT. And Marsha, is that why you are brandishing a bottle of champagne to celebrate the car's glory? Uh, well, no, it wasn't, but it can be. Yeah, let's say it is. It's to congratulate your car on its MOT passing. 
Excellent. And I actually just brought a bottle of, you know, bubbly in because A, we can drink in the studio now, and B... Was that a reference to our previous employers? Yeah, I don't like those people. Enough um, said about that. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah. Uh, so, and it's to celebrate, uh, uh, you know, absolutely nothing. I got a new computer, so... You know, I kind of felt like that needed a bit of a celebration because my old one... Did not pass its MOT. Definitely failed its MOT. Uh, I was calling it a number of names the other day. And so, but yeah, should I just pop... I haven't popped my cork yet, Dookie. So... Should I pop it? To celebrate the MOT certificate that my Volvo 850 SE estate has earned. Yes! And your new computer. Sorry, can I just... Irish. Sorry, can I just... Was that your champagne pool? I'll just say that. But, oh, you got champagne. Well, it's a good thing I came by. Yes, I will have some. That'd be lovely. Thank you. Uh, yeah, can you can you go get a mug or something? Because I... Yeah. Okay, I'll just go get me a mug. I'll be right back. Oh, wait a minute. I've got my tea mug right here. Look, I'll just finish it. Wait, wait. Okay, yeah, you can use this now. The Dookie Radio Show studio where drinking is not only tolerated, it's insisted upon. Oh, yeah. In the studio, that is. Oh, in the... Oh, oh that was lovely. Well, I'm just, you know, I was just hanging about, you know, after doing me thing, you know, earlier. Okay, and you know, I, I thought I heard the sound of a cook popping, so I thought I'd just pop in. Oh, a bit of a pun. Yeah, yeah, so whatever you call it, but I've got to go off now, and I'm going to my bingo tonight, ain't I? So you just popped in the studio to get some free bubbly before doing the bingo? Yes. Fair enough. I did. So, but also to say, oh, the lovely, lovely faces. So, fa- oh, yeah, yes, I will have some more. I'll just take it with me. Roars out the cold wait for me. So, I'd, oh, uh, yes, uh, oh, yeah, yet more, yet more. Yeah, just top her up there. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Okay, thank you very much. I'm going to go now. So, we'll see you all later. Wish me luck for me bingos. Take care, Irene. Yeah, that lady likes a drink. And as a result, we don't have as much to yeah. do our collective celebrating. Yeah, day. now we're on a thimble fill each here. Because uh, what is that? What is that mug bigger than her head or something? What is that? What What is that? Is it like a bowl? It's the size of a page three model's left gazuba. Yeah, it reminds me of some French movie I saw once where they were drinking their coffee out of bowls. You, you know that? You know, yeah, cheers. Here's to your MOT. And yes, Dookie, here's to your MOT. And Marcia has. It a... cost me 580 <gasps> pounds! Oh, Dookie, that's terrible. Last year, it set me back only 70 pounds. Yeah, Dookie, now don't take this the wrong way, because I know how you feel about your car. Mind yourself. Uh, how much you pay for that thing? Six hundred and ninety-nine yeah, exactly. pounds. Exactly. So. Uh, oh, but what an amazing vehicle yeah, it is! Yeah, I know is. you really like it, and uh, don't you have your dog waiting out there in your car? 
maybe. Yeah, she... That, she loves it. What is Molly it? the Sprolly really loves that car. She really Possibly loves more that than car. Me. I passed by her and I was really worried about her because it is hot out and do not leave your dog in a hot car. But you left her out there for a few minutes because you just had to run here in here and get something and I happened to see you mm. and that was the happiest... Didn't you have to kind of tug her to get her out? It's true. She's the only wow. dog that doesn't want to leave the car. So, and and Marcia has a lovely, very pretty new computer as well. It's very pretty. Now, in a way, Marcia, your old computer was a bit of a battle axe. That thing looked like it had been through several world wars. Yeah, and that computer was crabbier than I am. Courses. Yeah, that. Uh, when it started coming apart, and I had to keep putting it back together just to, you know, like answer an email. That's when I thought maybe a new computer might be in the works. And you know when you get something new and you just you know when you have something and you know that it's crap, but you don't realize how crap it is until you replace it. Mm. And then you realize, oh my God, how was I working with that thing for so long? Incidentally, that does not apply to my beloved Volvo. That is a thing of yeah, beauty. Yeah, I wasn't disparaging your But your car. computer, what did you get? What are you now the owner of? Well, can I say? I mean, I don't want to... We have no advertisers okay. on the Dookie Radio Show. Well, it's fine. Uh, I went from being a PC gal. Now you're talking about the computer type rather than political, political correctness. Political correctness, right. yeah. So I went from being a PC gal to now I'm an official Mac kind of broad. So you are now a citizen of Jobs World. Uh, yeah, you know. You are a Mac user, a Mac owner. You've taken a bite out of New York City. Y yeah. I I've taken the bite, baby. I'm telling you, and I'm loving it. And I'm not saying, you know, I've been a PC gal for like years now. Again, we're talking about the computer type rather yeah. than yeah, political rather correctness. Political, yeah. Right. So, and the, but, you know, and, you know, don't write to me and tell me, don't send me death threats about, you know, Steve Jobs and Apple all sent, makes us spend more money making us buy crap to make the computer work. You know, I know. I know all that stuff and. I did actually have to buy something just to make it work with the projector. Cause, hmm. You know, they do that, don't they? They get you to buy, like, so my PC, you can just uh, whack that baby straight into the, the projector. With this, it needed, like, what, some dongle thing. That's right, yes. I helped Marsha to choose yeah, yeah, the that's relevant what I'm bit to get yeah, the other so, bit to work. Uh, I couldn't have done it without you, but, you know, it was another 16 pounds. And, you know, so Apple does that. You know, they make you buy stuff, but... On the other hand, they know how to make a good-looking product. Aesthetically, it's very pleasing. Yeah, and they know how to make it easy. So, like, yesterday, I, I, I had to plug it into the projector, and, you know, it just appeared on the screen. You used to have to email people, reroute yeah, the encryptions, I mean, pray to three different deities just to get your old... PC. Yeah, I mean, with the PC... Working with the projector. Yeah, with the projector, you got to rub your warts at the light of the full moon to get that thing to, like, you know, mirror itself. Anyway. Right-click this. Pray yeah. to that. Touch that button. Rub me here. So, you know, there's, there's evil corporations everywhere, and God knows that I go out of my way not to shop in certain stores that I 
whose politics I don't agree with personally. There's a certain bookstore that I used to like that I can't go to anymore because the owners apparently are... Let's just say I don't agree with their politics. So, you know, I, I try, like, with the whole coffee thing, but, you know, so I know that, you know, but, I, 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 you know, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Look at it. It's gorgeous. It looks like a supermodel. It's sitting next to us now. It's like having Heidi Klum sitting here. You know, you just want to look at it and go, yeah, that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that the world has given us. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, paid off some debt. Uh, you know, my work's going good. Have you had a bit of a windfall, Marsha? I might have had a windfall. I might have had a windfall. And can I just say, away from that, that, you know, apart, you know, my flatmate's a little trying to live with, but, you know, oh. she seems all right. You and Sylvia. Have yeah, there been a few bumps on the road of cohabitation? Along. You know, look at her. You know, she's so difficult to get along with. She, she's joking. She's pulling your leg. You guys do seem inseparable. We're a little inseparable, aren't we, Martha? Yeah, I do like being with the silversmith. I, I do like... When I went to collect my car from the garage where the MOT was taking place... Yeah. It was a bit like waiting in hospital for the results of a loved one's test. Yeah. Call it a, a biopsy or investigative surgery. And I was met by two garage employees, mechanics. And this is how the communication with them went. Can I help you, boss? Yes, I'm here to collect the Volvo 850 SE. Oh, the Volvo. <laughs> oh, Dookie, now that's just hurtful. There is no need for that. I have no idea what that laughter was innate of, whether or not it was, oh my word, I can't believe that vehicle is still on the road, or, oh my word, we didn't half rip you off. Because incidentally, before going to the MOT testing facility, the car was running brilliantly. Marsha, I helped you with your move only a couple of months yeah, ago. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That vehicle was purring along yeah, beautifully. It's a good sturdy vehicle. So, you know, there were no inherent problems with the vehicle. Yeah. So much so that I was quite surprised that it would set me back a score less than £600. Yeah, neither of us know what that is. £20 less than, than £600. Um, okay. And the laughter when the man found out what car I was going to collect. Yeah. It felt like something out of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, that does sound like Curb. But, but uh, yeah, and what they would do on Curb, which is what I'm going to encourage you to do now, is it's let's imagine the typical Volvo station wagon owner, right? So, now, what I know... A very sexy musician. Well, and radio now, show broadcaster. Yeah, well, let's get there. You know, rewind. Uh, the In London, people, if you're not from this city or this country, if, well, if you're not from this city, you might not know the, about the typical Volvo, one of the typical Volvo station wagon owners 
that that is in London and maybe Manchester too. You know, are you getting me, Dookie? I understand where you're going with Okay, this. so let's just say it. The you're or- referring to the, the, the or- chosen people. The Orthodox Jewish people seem to have embraced the Volvo station wagon. So when you're driving around London and you see a Volvo station wagon, before you clock who's driving... You you know, your mind has already envisaged, you get me, what the driver looks like. And it's usually the guy who's kitted out in the full garb. And Ringlets, beard, and all. Yeah, and his wife is usually next to him. And, you know, she's usually got, like, the pillbox hat on top of the wig that's in a bob. And the kid's in the back. I'm not saying, you know, they've got big families. It works for them. Yeah, you got a big family. What do you want? You want a station wagon, right? So that's that's what a lot of what you get. You know, a lot of people buying up the Volvo station wagon are from the Orthodox Jewish community. Who else do you think of? Tory musicians, broadcasters, podcasters. Yeah, Dookie, come on. Don't you think of housewives? I'd associate it with a family with two kids and a Labrador. Yeah, yeah. So The Wellington boots in the back yeah. of the car at all times. Yeah, so that's, that's... The cordoned off doggy area. Yeah, for, for said Labrador. But my Volvo has quite a pedigree which deviates from all the things you suggested earlier. Yeah. The original owners, me. genuinely, the original owners of the Volvo, the people who purchased it, not a family, but an organisation. The yeah. organisation being the London Irish, the rugby team. Hence why the Volvo <laughs> that I own is green. Ah, oh, right. Oh, okay, that's cool. Wow, that must have seen some kind of action. I think that's why there are a lot of uh, cigarette butt burns ah, <laughs> by my dash. Juki, wow. That, so, you know, can I just interrupt? Yeah, 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 go ahead, of course. Dookie, can I ask a question? Have you ever felt the need to put a sign in the back window of your Volvo, of which we speak and of of which we have enormous respect, to put a sign in its back window saying, if the Volvos are rocking, don't come a-knockin'? No, but that's only because the... It's a bit of a fishbowl. If things were rocking, ah, people would be very much aware of it. So it's not, yes, it's not like your kidnappy type van. No, you need yes, to tint windows to do that. Uh, you know, it's a good question, though, because, you know, there'd be a lot of space back there. Absolutely. I have No on... nookie in the back, dookie? <laughs> no nookie for the dookie. <laughs> I've consumed... Uh, a Newcastle Brown, a Nuki Brown in the back of the okay, vehicle yeah, once. Okay, for the Dookie in the Volvo. I have indeed slept in the back of the car. A couple of uh, festivals have uh, enjoyed the company of the Volvo as well as myself, and I used it in the way that a concert goer would use a camper van. I have to say, a comfortable experience yeah, it most definitely yeah. was. Anyway, back to your assertion that Volvos attract a certain type of customer. A few years ago, I was at a specialist Volvo repair place, and 
In the next room, I hear a very urban-sounding chappy rattling off the names of popular Volvos. He was saying stuff like, well, like, if I shift this S40, I can part exchange on a V70. I'll do them up and sell them on, innit? And I thought, hmm, maybe this is becoming the car of hip-hop London. And I was getting quite excited to possibly have a partner in crime in Swedish motor car glory who has a great deal of credibility. This guy sounded the part. I then looked into the room and realised the man with the rat is like an S40 accent was indeed a Hasidic Jew, an Orthodox Jew who quite clearly was a Dizzy Rascal fan. So do with that information whatever you Dookie, wish. Can I just, uh, and again, now, don't take this the wrong way. I don't, don't you, like where you're going. Don't you hate this. it when people say that? Because you know they're going to say something offensive. Oh, it's the precursor for some heavy shit. I, I've got a friend who prefaces every horrible... Uh, I love her to death. Uh, she prefaces every horrible statement she makes with not being rude, but... And it's always like not being rude, but the, the guy's a complete asshole. Or not being rude, but the guy's a complete fucking dick. You know, that... So... Do, you know, I'm going along that same line. Don't take this the wrong way. I need to hand this over to Sylvia because she's the diplomat in this place. Why does Sylvia know what you're on about? Sylvia, I surely know, you love the Volvo. I, I like your Volvo muchly. Dookie, I... There's a butt coming. I like it muchly. Now, Dookie, Marcia, I know what she's thinking because her and I are practically married now. Could it be cleaner? Absolutely. Okay. It is a rock and roll okay. touring machine. And unlike Marsha, I've not had a windfall, so I've just been hoping for rainfall just to clean the bastards. Yeah, well, what's with the cushion in the back? That's for Welshie. Yeah, Welshie I is a man so. of certain stature, and he requires a little bit of a, a it's boost. It's his booster cushion. Yes. Yeah, I got you, I got you. So, Dookie, can I just ask another question? So, the theme of the show is M-O-T'd off. Correct. Does that mean we're also talking about golf? Well, it is a bit of a reference to it. Now, I have heard through the grapevine that Slutty Sue will be... Ah, yes, she would be tinkering with some wood. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so can I just then use that as a roundabout way of getting to the Tour de France? Fair enough, yes. those cycling bastards are, you know... Firstly, they're dropping like flies, right, Sylvia? Oh, they're dropping. It's terrible. And secondly, I don't want to use this as an overheard because it's a cheat. Because you actually said it, Dookie, when you were around at ours. Sylvia's going through a cycling phase. Are you not, my lovely friend? The tour de Sylvia City Room. Oh, I'm loving it. Loving it, and yes, I am making Marcia watch a lot of documentaries. And Dookie, you know this because you watched two of them with us, did you not? Yes, we've seen a documentary on Lance Armstrong, what a lovely man, as yes. well as the Italian legend, yeah, the late Pan legend. Pantani. Uh, so, Dookie, can I just tell uh, our listeners? Your quote when we were watching Pantani, the, his documentary, he's a cyclist who died and is sad, and he 
So Lance Armstrong shows up in his documentary, obviously, because it covers the last, you know, 10 years or whatever. And what Dookie says is, oh my God, Lance Armstrong is even a dick when he's in other people's documentaries. <laughs> Which I thought, you know, that was funny. That was funny. I'm not going to use it for my overheard, but it was funny. Because the guy is a complete asshole, even when he's just showing up in another documentary. He really is such a weapon. I, In the back of my mind, I thought, oh my word, okay, we're watching this documentary about an Italian legend. Lance is there. Maybe we will see another side to the man. No. And no, he was a total brick. I get the feeling that that guy could trot down to his local Safeway for a bag of Chips Ahoy and still manage to do it in the cuntish way, the most cuntish way possible. Apologies for my ignorance. Yeah. What product is Chips Ahoy? Ah, bless your heart. Uh, chocolate chip cookies? Oh, I thought it was... I'm not being funny. I thought maybe he was having takeaway chips. Oh, no. Chips Ahoy, like C- chocolate chips. Chocolate chip cookies. But can you understand my, yeah, my I logic? Yeah, I get it. Chips I Ahoy! Ooh, are those chips are right tasty. E- e- yeah. Hey, didn't you ever have Chips Ahoy? I mean, you lived in the States. I never had uh, that product, no. You never had a bag of Chips Ahoy in your life? Did your parents, did they have to call social services on them? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, quite clearly. Uh, no, no, no. Goodness. More importantly. What? More importantly, Dookie, have you ever had, and please, dear Lord God above, please say yes. You have had an Oreo, haven't you? Oh, most definitely, oh, yes. And you can get goodness. them in the UK quite easily now. And they also yes. uh, appear in numerous ice cream confectionery... Oh, Dookie, you know, I lived here... Products. I lived here for 15... Uh, so I've lived here for 20 years now. I lived here for 15 years and had to get care packages from my crazy, crazy mother. And getting a care package from her takes quite a lot of doing... I had to get her to send me Oreo cookies. And now you don't know how grateful I am. Every time I go, even if I don't want them at the moment, even if I don't want to buy them, whenever I go to the store and I see them there, oh, I feel like opening up the bubbly just then because I think I know that if I want them, I can have them. Sylvia, question. Yes. Single or double Oh, Dookie, you, you sadden me. You sadden me, Dookie. What do you think? My card, myself, uh, seem to be a target for ridicule oh, tonight. I'm so disappointed, Dookie. What is the point of a single stuff when you can have double? It's like, you know, what's the point of driving like a Subaru when you can have a Volvo 850? Here's a question. That's for... language you can understand. <laughs> um... Yes. There are other motor cars. There are other cars. Now, I seem to remember a number of years back that Oreos were lobbed in with the lard brigade, as in people who felt that lard featured heavily in the stuff part of the... Yeah, the stuff looks like lard. The sandwich content. Yeah, yeah. But, Sylvia... Yes. I realise we might not have been the most sober of characters at the time. Yes. Didn't we Google how veggie-friendly Oreos were? I do believe we did. And they came up positive. They're okay for veggies. 
Which means lard. So lard must not be in there. So that means that Oreos, Oreos are, are part of a healthy veggie They're diet. They're part of a healthy diet. Most definitely. In fact, the more you eat of the double, not the single stuff one, mind. Now, listeners, listen up now. It's not often I get my teacher voice on, but I will have it on now. Listeners, prick up your ears. Now, listen to me closely. Closer. Closer. Come closer to your speakers. Press your earbuds in a little bit harder. Not the single stuff. The double stuff Oreo cookies. The more you eat, the healthier you get. I used to live with a drummer, not the person who's in my band at the moment. And yes. He was a bit of an, an unsavory character. Yes. And was very direct with his thoughts. And yes. he sampled an Oreo cookie that I'd brought over from a tour of the US. And I remember his reaction very well. Oi, mate, it tastes like burnt fucking chocolate with shit in the middle. Oh, dear. That's, that's just a negative attitude now, isn't it? It's just negative. You know what I'm looking for the Brits to get a hold of? Now, I'm proud of you guys at the moment for bringing over the popcorn. Now, you know, it's it's been a while. You know, I haven't lived here as long as you guys have, but I have been waiting a while for the popcorn to come over and be sold in bags, you know, like normal civilization. And it has... But I need mine to be cheesy. You need cheesy popcorn. I need cheesy popcorn. And you guys, now, don't send me letters, people, because I know you can get it here, but it tastes like onion. And I don't want onion in my cheesy popcorn. There's a brand in the States. I can't remember what brand it is. It comes in a black bag, and it's a white cheddar popcorn. That's the care package that I need from home, along with mustard pretzels. I do like a mustard pretzel. If I'm you are in the North American yeah, continent, please, send them to the Dookie Radio please, Show. God, it's like being at war sometimes over here. You know, and don't, you know, don't, if you're North American, don't subscribe to the stereotype that British food sucks because it doesn't completely. But... You know, there's certain things they haven't quite managed to grasp. Like cheesy popcorn, I don't want any onion in it. And like mustard pretzels. A couple of nights ago, I did a bit of session work. I was playing with an artist in order to protect... You're playing with a funky American, aren't you, Dookie? Yes, yes. Yeah, she and sounds cool. I like the sounds of her. She's very, very cool. And I will not mention her name just because... This story involves some guilty people who yeah. I would rather remain anonymous. Yeah, tell, tell us more. So I was doing a showcase in the heart of London, the left ventricle of Fitzrovia. Yeah, all right. Well, I like it. Lots of history. Lots Indeed, of absolutely. literary history. Fitzrovia, a place that you normally do not associate with rock and roll showcases. But yes. alas... I did perform there. I was a session bassist. And the funky American I was playing with, lovely. A fantastic import like you both. Oh, thank you. It just so happens she's a fan of the show as well. So it goes without saying that she has good taste. Hello, lovely American woman. And alongside the funky American who I had the pleasure of playing with, 
was another artist who could best be described as being a bit of a weapon and yeah. had gone around telling everybody that she had collaborated with a musical legend, a person of note. I yep, want what? to retain the anonymity of everybody, so let's just say this person's name is John Note. It's a crap name, but it's all I could come up yeah, with like under pressure. I like it. It's a good John pseudonym. Note. Yeah, I like it. Bit of a punky name. You know, yeah, I like John, that. John Johnny Note. One Note. Oi, you, you can't sing for Toppy. You can only sing one note. You're Johnny One Note and you got the gig. Let, let's they just sing. hope, let's just hope like his middle name isn't Brown. Ooh, that's a very special yeah, note. Yeah, or he that's... could have a, a, you know, a hyphenated last name Brown Note. You the know, that, that wouldn't be good. Well, a lot of people call me Johnny Note, but my, my actual full name is Johnny Bride Note. Yeah, that, that, wouldn't, that means a whole different thing. So let's just say that this legend is named Johnny Note, or John Note. Yeah. So I've heard that this performer, let's call her, let's give me a random North American sounding name. Rhonda. Let's say that Rhonda had gone around the whole venue talking about collaborating with John Note. Yes. And I got a chance to have a chat with Rhonda afterwards. Yes. Because I'm aware of John Note's work. He's a he's a man of note. He is a man of note. Yes. Of some note. Yes. Whether or not it's a brown note remains we, to be seen. We, we don't know. Okay. He is a prolific artist. Okay. And she a, sounds like she's a prolific something. Afterwards, the gig was done. We'd all done our bits, and I had a chat with Rhonda, and I said, "Oh, I heard that you recently collaborated with John Note." And Rhonda, what was it like? She replied, Oh, yeah, he's like so talented. Indeed, the man is a legend, Rhonda. What was your collaboration like? Did you guys work in the studio together? Did he produce some of your tracks? Did he help you with arranging? He was like the nicest guy. So John notes okay, he's got a bit of a reputation. Oh, I have like, I have like written songs on his guitar and that was the whole story they hadn't collaborated she just met him and wrote some songs on john notes guitar you know what i like about that story dookie what uh i, I do enjoy the word weapon and i'm not gonna insult any of your listeners intelligence there but you know because it speaks for itself but you know the fact that you've taken the word tool and expanded that to times it by what like a thousand so what does a tool become when it's times by a thousand becomes a weapon. weapon and and the fact that it's used about a woman makes it even funnier Absolutely. Dookie, I, I gotta ask you another question. Yes. I, I haven't known... Well, you know, I've, I've known you for a considerable amount of time now. You have a problem getting along with North American women. Now, there's a great coincidence with all of this. Yeah. Because after the gig, I was having a chat with the American artist that I've been playing with. Yeah. Again, a lovely import... And I'd mentioned the fact that 
some North American women do not like me for various reasons that I don't know. And this conversation that I had with Rhonda about John Brown Note happened right in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> and so, anyway, to cut a very long story short, Rhonda disappeared in, in a little bit, not necessarily a huff, but she wanted to get out of there. She was not enjoying my company yeah, in the least. Yeah. And I was not being remotely grilling about the situation. I genuinely wanted to know about Johnny Note and musical development. Yeah, yeah. But it's quite clear that I rubbed her the wrong way. Yeah, I know I know you have a history of that. And I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying if factually speaking, you have a history of annoying North American women. So Rhonda disappears in a haze. And I look at the American artists that I have been working with and I said, Exhibit A, this is an example where Brits do not go over well with our North American cousins. God forbid. She had this to say. For some North Americans, Britain and British people, it's just about Austin Powers. Now that's a bit naff, but for some of them, if it doesn't fit into that mould... Yeah. Or Oasis, which is just, like, so British... Yeah, yeah. It's seen as maybe too alien. Dookie, mm. I have a confession to make. Can I confess? Am I going to have more ridicule? So, me and Marcia, being from North America, we love you, and it sounds like the artist with whom you are working, who's from America, it sounds like she likes you. So... You've got three of us on side here. And I'm just wanting... I feel the need to unburden myself. Because when Marcia and I... And Marcia, please back me up with this. When Marcia and I are at home and we're watching whatever is on telly, and there's a certain type of American woman, we have now got used to spotting this type and saying... I, that looks like the kind of woman who wouldn't like Dookie. And do you know what I mean, Dookie? It's like, do you know the type? Is there a type? It's, it seems for Marcia and I, isn't it, Marcia? There's a type of prissiness. So, yeah, they, they look like they shower like three times a day. Their hair is as shiny as a diamond. Uh, sometimes they're wearing, like, fashion glasses. Everything's perfect, and you know a natural smell has never come near them. God is, forbid. Is that the type, Dookie? For the most part, yes. And then, Dookie, there's a certain other type who... looks as though they would like you... But would actually hate you. So they have the indie look. They're very beautiful. They're very cool looking. They usually have some very artful ink. Beautiful. Look really hip and happening. And you would think, at first you think they would love Dookie. And then you think, oh, no, they wouldn't, actually. Actually, the indie whole vibe they're giving off is probably just hiding some Dookie hate. 
Absolutely. That, without a doubt, is Rhonda. Dookie, it makes me so sad because... Marcia, isn't it right? What's there not to love about Dookie? Yeah, you know, oh, you're... Oh, let's not go you there. You know, you're, you're, you're a good guy. And it's just because, you know, you want me to tell you what it is, Dookie? They don't understand. And, and I've been guilty of this myself. Sylvia, maybe you have too. Uh, I grew up and I didn't understand how British men were not gay. So even now, I, sometimes, you know, I haven't been on there here as long as you guys have. So even now, I still don't understand how a guy can be slim and neat and effeminate. Did I just say slim? See how British I'm getting? Thin and effeminate. Slim as opposed to what? Skinny. Yeah, you know, right. I didn't understand how a guy could just be thin and neat and nice looking and, not, and British and not be gay. Because Americans all think that because British men are more au fait with the whole drag acts that they must be gay, right? So when American women meet you, is my theory is they look at you and they think, here's a guy who's, you know, he's slim and attractive and, and you know, neat and Ooh, neat. Kind of that's, well, that's creeping the barrel right, kind a little of bit. Funkily dressed. <laughs> all right. <laughs> they don't understand how you're not gay. So you know their head is like going, whoa. You know, it's like whoa. I don't. You know, it doesn't compute. There's no computing to be yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. You got to quiet on me, Dukey. So I'm gonna shut. Oh no, not at all. I don't really think that. Um, this came up in conversation with the American artist, where yes. I, I don't really think I'm all that effeminate anymore. To an American dookie? Ooh, is there a different judgment dookie, criteria? Martha, come on. Dookie, to an American woman, you're a flaming queen. I'm a flaming queen. Yeah. I mean, I know that you're not. Well, I'm in very good company then. Well, yeah. So, dookie... You don't take it personally. That's all we're saying. Oh, I don't. Not at all. The only thing is... Yeah. Where does collaboration stop and being a groupie begin? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a musician, so you're, you're kind of... You know, groupies fascinate me. They do fascinate me because I just can't imagine... You know, I have people who I love, but I can't imagine... Wow. You know, being dedicated to anything that much, you know. I'm not really that dedicated to anything. So, you know, that, uh, I don't know. You know, it's like this, it's like the same boundary between, you know, I'm a collector and, you know, I'm a hoarder. You know, where does that, you know, you, you all of a sudden you think you're collecting stuff. And then before you know it, you know, social services are breaking down the door and climbing over, you know, newspaper stacks from 19, going back to 1975. I you need know, where those. There's that, a really good article about plastic. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's the same, you know, everything's along the spectrum. And it's like, well, where, you know, where did one thing turn into another? Marsha, here's a question. For yeah. You. Hit me. Were you to. You're a writer, are you not? Yeah. You keep this quiet. Yeah, yeah, because it sounds so, you know, what do you Brits call it? Wanky. <laughs> Were you? Yeah. To have access to, say, Sylvia Plath's typewriter. Oh, God. And you 
were able to type some things on that yeah, typewriter. God. Avoiding the oven at all costs. Yeah, don't go near the gas oven. Yeah, I don't know. Would that constitute a yeah, co-write, a collaboration? You mention Sylvia Plath because it's so naff, you know. Were yeah. you to have access to T.S. Eliot's Oh, no, God, that guy was a dick, man. That guy was a dick. No, you know who, yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah, it would be cool to type on it. Am I going to, like... Would it be a co-written project? Would it be a collaboration? No, because the woman's dead, and because I'm not psychotic, and no. Okay, let's... Think about somebody a bit more recent. Alive? Somebody who's alive, who is of similar stature to John Note. I've come up with somebody. Yeah! I may mispronounce her first name. Yeah, go on. Tamla Janowitz. Oh, Tamla Janowitz! Ta- it's, is it Tamla? Now, don't you want to touch the hand? Now, her, her, her right, so, recent so, output, Tama, yes. come on, get it together. Yeah. I love you, dear. You're a god. I want to be you when I grow up, but get it together. Yeah, okay. Oh, so let's say, for instance, I just got back from an American tour. Yeah. And I brought back with me the MacBook that Ms. Janowitz owned. She gave it to me. She thought that I needed a laptop. Yeah. You were in need of a laptop. Your PC was Which about I'm to die. Which I'm not anymore, but yeah. Indeed. But I'm trying to... Yeah, no, I got you. Keep going. And then I give this to you, and I say, oh, Marsha, Janowitz, this is her yeah, old that, Mac. Yeah, that would give me a certain free song. Because the woman is a goddess. A goddess, people. I met her once at a book signing, and oh, God, she's a goddess. She used to live in Britain for two years or so. Oh, right. Okay, so. She's an Anglophile. She's, oh, God. Um, But, you know, the thing about him. Would it be a collaboration had you worked on her old laptop? No, God, no, no. You would be touching the keys that had created... All of these amazing stories. No, that would just be cool. It'd be cool. You know, it's like it would be cool to touch Van Gogh's paintbrushes. You know, you'd still get that free song. Mm. I'd get a free song from that. Dookie, can we just sum this up by saying this Rhonda sounds like a weapon? She's a fucking groupie. The Dookie Radio Show would like to apologize with a certain element of reservation about the strong language. Click on your mouse to our Facebook page Facebook It's easy to find, it will not take an age Facebook www.facebook.com Forward slash The Dukey Radio Show The Dukey Radio Show the thin white Dukey is right. Click your way to the Dukey Radio Show Facebook page. www.facebook.com forward slash the Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show. The Dukey Radio Show.
not to the screamies. We are only here to explore the scintillating situations happening in your city. Sit back and enjoy. Hello, Dookie. Hello, Dookie listeners. Sylvia Silversmith, welcome to Scintillating Situations in Your City. What have you got in store for us this week? Dookie, we're going to Galicia. And it's in Spain, and I just enjoy the way that, even though I don't speak any other languages, when I say places in Spain, I actually say them correctly. And I don't even have to try. Absolutely. You are able to grasp Castilian Spanish with great ease. Doesn't that come from the Habsburgs? There is a relation, yes. Philip II was related to the Habsburgs. Yes, but I'm wondering where the, the lisp comes from. Philip II, I believe, had a list, but it's not necessarily due to the fact that he was of Habsburg extraction. Well, I thought it was because the Habsburg jaw had that kind of jutting out thing, which I know that Marie Antoinette had because she was a relation of the Habsburgs as well. And I thought that because they had this funny kind of jawline, that's why they pronounce their S's in the same way that I do. Even though I'm in no way any relation to the Habsburgs whatsoever. I was just about to ask, is there any evidence that there are other Habsburg relations who also have a lisp? I, that I don't know. I don't know, Dookie. But I just find it interesting the way they have a lisp, and I just wondered whether it was because of all that inbreeding and... The fact that through that, that's how they ended up with a rather unusual jawline. That jawline may indeed be apparent in our own royal family here in the UK ah. because there is Habsburg blood. Ah, via yes. George the First, I believe. Well, you know, so can I butt in here? Absolutely, Marsha. Let's face it. There's something not right with Andrew. Hello. You get not you, the prince. Right. Okay. Have you right. seen that guy lately? Have you ever seen him? I mean, there's something. There's something not right with that guy. I think that he's very full of life, and he has a great appreciation for the arts. Oh, Dookie, you're so diplomatic. So I tend to agree with Marcia on that one. I think there might be, you know, I I don't know. There's something a little dodgy. Yeah, you, you look. Yeah, I won't say. You know. Yeah, carry on. You know, let's not even get into you know the other family members of the world. Anyway, so we're going to Galicia. <coughs> we're going. Excuse me, I'm it's getting so excited. It's a place so that excited. excites you so much I'm that choking. you are reduced to coughing and choking and really giving us a great deal of phlegm. Galicia, Spain. Festival, are you ready for this? This is the 29th of July, so it's coming right up, people. The Festival of Near-Death Experiences. The Festival of Near-Death Experiences. This isn't the festival of people who have died. This is the festival of people who have nearly died. I was driving along the turnpike. This guy nearly drove right into me. I nearly fucking died. Exactly. I mean, how... Strange. I mean, I love this website that I often use for these kind of things because they, they kind of, they have said it right. So Mexico, we all know, has a day of the dead. Yes. Spain has the day of the nearly dead. It's fantastic. What is a little 
reading about it, the more I read about... So, Dookie, I'll ask you, because you're a smart guy, and you have a creative brain. What do you think that they do in a festival for the nearly dead? My guess is that reenactments might feature a bit. Kind of. Kind of. Or depictions through the means of art and theatre. Yes! And also, if we're discussing near-death experiences, there must be some kind of banter about seeing the light, feeling the presence of... I think there is, although that's not necessarily what I'm reading about here, but I think... There, so you you kind of got it. So what there is is there's a procession, right? Mm. And solemnly dressed family members of people who claim to have had a near-death experience in the past year, they make their way to church where a mass is celebrated around noon. And when you say reenactment, the people who have nearly died sit erect in their coffins in the church. They sit erect? They sit erect. Right. Now, I think that your... your I can just see the tone in your voice there, Dookie. I can that see That would be it. hard to do. Yes, but I can see it, Dookie, and you're thinking of things that are more in Slutty Sue's jurisdiction, It would take I a lot think. of balls to do that, to face your demons by even sitting in a coffin. Again, I don't want to encroach on matters of which come under Sue's jurisdiction. So when I think when they say they sit erect, they mean, you know, if you're dead, you're not going to be sitting up, are you? So, but these people are nearly dead or they nearly died. So they're sitting up looking at people having mass. And... What happens is that they carry coffins, empty coffins, into the church. And if you're an older man and you have no family, you have to carry your own coffin. That sounds a little creepy to me. Sounds a bit cruel, to be honest. It sounds a little cruel, but then, you know, people sing and they sing Virgin Santa Marta, Star of the North, We Bring Those Who Saw Death. Like a virgin who avoided death. So when you were talking about theater and stuff like that, it's kind of, you know, kind of that. But then, because it's Spain and because these people know how to have a festival, albeit slightly weird ones, they have a wild afternoon of celebration with fireworks, brass bands, gypsy music, and they sell memorabilia. So... It sounds like that kind of street art thing where people will paint your picture, except these street painters, it sounds like the Last Supper is pretty much where they're at. My brother almost died, so he went to Spain and bought me the shit t-shirt. Yes. So, and I just want to be clear, they're carrying the people in their coffins. So you, so if your brother had a near-death experience, you're going to carry him in his coffin. He's sitting up in his coffin. You're going to carry him to the church. And then if somebody doesn't have any family members to, to carry them, they have to carry their own coffin. Are these... And then they party. Are these proper coffins? Well, I made presume... Made of oak and accessorized I, I, with metal. They would well, be quite yeah. heavy. They... So, you know, Pedro, who's... 86 years old, has no family and 
very nearly died due to a bowel-related ailment, goes to this, you know, to this event. Yes. To celebrate the fact that he did not meet his maker, and then he's faced with the horrible task of having to carry. Yes, you would. A hope, really heavy coffin. You would hope that it'd be made out of pine or something like that, or you know, you could go the whole eco route and do like wicker, or you know, things like that. If it, you know, if it was me and I had to carry my own, I think I, I think I'd go for the wicker option anyway. You know, just because I couldn't carry, an, a, you know, this massive oak coffin. So what they do is they also warn you not to be surprised to see lots of tears of pain and lots of storytelling about how people escaped, quote unquote, the dark mansion called death. God, you know, that sounds like some of the worst, you know, the worst parties you've ever gone to, you know, where you're sitting there and some, you know, Uncle Raymond, you're, you know, you're at your, you're, you're at your colleague's wedding, you know, she works for HR, you barely know her, but you got to go to a wedding and you get, you have to sit next to your Uncle Raymond and he starts, you know, boring you to death about the time he nearly died. It does have that, I think that would be risky. Because it does sound like a day that could be, you know, a, a haven for people who want to bore you. Or hypochondriacs, even. Or triumphant hi- absolutely hypochondriacs. The, tri- the triumphant hypochondriacs. I almost died. I've come to Spain to celebrate. Fuck you. Yes, the triumph- Fuck that. The Grim Reaper is an asshole. Doesn't the triumphant hypochondriac sound like the title of a Dostoevsky novel? <laughs> the triumph. Or, you know, one of those Russian authors like Tolstoy. Or- That's fantastic. It does so- have that flavor or a dodgy bar somewhere in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, yeah, the triumphant hypochondriac. Yeah, dude, I, I'm working, uh, in addition to the band, I, I work as a barman at the uh, triumphant hypochondriac. Yes, that's C- come right. Come over, we'll, uh, I, I got a drink called uh, The Grateful Dead, man, you're going to love it. It's going to blow so, your mind. Yeah, that, oh, that sounds absolutely so authentic. So, Dookie, Not Martha, the accent, though, that was not a bit the, dodgy. Maybe not the accent, but Dookie. Yeah, man. I'm kind of hip for this festival because it just sounds so kooky. I mean, and what constitutes a near-death experience anyway? Do you have to have seen the light and, you know, somebody said to you, don't go into the light, Mom, so you came back? Or is it just like like you said before we started recording, you said something about, oh, you know, God, that car near, nearly hit me. I could have died. Is it like those kind of people? In which case, you could hear some stories. I'm not saying whether those stories would be interesting or not, but you would hear some stories. My son, Robbie, he tried to kill himself by jumping off a building. He landed on an awning. He's fine. He's got a whole reboot in his confidence. He's wonderful. It could be that, Dookie, but you know what else? I also, I read this book that's... Ah. I read this book that's amazing, and it's it's true. It's like an autobiography. It's like a biography. So, And he had a neighbor... No, let me back up. He had a workman come over to do some work in his house. And the guy writing the book, his name's Alexander, he asked the workman what had happened to his neck. And the guy said he flung him, he tied a rope around his neck because he was in such despair that he, and he tied it to something in his house and he flung himself out the window. But he landed in the bushes and he didn't die. 
So he went back upstairs and did it again. And the rope snapped. And so he landed in the bushes and he didn't die again. So he tried it again and it didn't work. And then that time he decided, actually, maybe death isn't for me right now. That's a near-death experience. That's a near-death experience multiplied by <laughs> however many times he just and in fact, went it through that three times or so. It wasn't actually his own house. It was his friend's house. He was house-sitting. And I was like, wow, so you ruined their bushes. And... What do you do? I mean, that's just craziness. But, you know, he lived three times and he came back and said, I'm glad it didn't work, even though he was very persistent. Absolutely. So will we find people like that in Spain? I hope so, because wouldn't you love to meet that guy? Because, Marcia, I hear what you're saying, that you could get people who kind of go on just a bit. But wouldn't you love to meet the guy who tried three times in a row? That would just be fantastic. That can't be a boring story, surely. I'd share some sangria with that Wouldn't man. Wouldn't you share some sangria with that guy? So, who knows? Personally, I think that we should just go for some Spanish tapas and some nice red wine and some fireworks and to see kooky people doing kooky things at a kooky festival. That to us looks kooky, but to the lovely people of Galicia is completely normal. Should we go do that? Absolutely. However, listeners, bear in mind, if you've got nobody going along with you, be prepared for yes. an amazing workout. You can get those muscles in tip-top shape via the means of carrying your own coffee. Yes, if you've had a near-death experience in the last year. Absolutely. So if you've seen the light. So, Dookie, do you want the next thing? Hit me! The next thing is, is our own lovely London town. In Battersea, Battersea Park, July 27th. Are you ready? Juki, have you ever gone for a run? I have done a few okay. times, yes. And what do you wear when you go for a run? I have donned shorts. I have yes. also worn cycling shorts. Yes, because you would, wouldn't you? Absolutely. A few times I also went for a run in my torn-up jeans. Okay, so not so aerodynamic. No. No. So I'm going to tell you about a run that's for people who want to wear that something even less aerodynamic than torn up jeans. This is called the sumo run. Oh. Guess what they wear. Do they wear the sumo costume? No, they wear, well, in a, in a sense they do. They wear a sumo outfit, a sumo suit. Right. Which is a phrase that I quite enjoy saying. Are we talking a about suit. a fat suit? A fat suit. Should I show you the picture, Dookie? And, and you can have the benefit of describing it to our listeners. See, we're using paper here. Absolutely. Not just, sometimes paper is good. I like paper. So you see what I mean, Dookie? Sylvia has shown me a photo of two men who are wearing highly realistic fat costumes which I'd associate with those people that do charity marathon runs, that kind of thing. Well, Dookie, it, it, it is a, actually a charity. Yes, it is a charity event because all the... Yeah, can I just interrupt you for a second, Dookie? No! I, yeah, please, if I ask like this, if I ask nicely. Go on, then. Okay, thank you. Uh, Dookie, can I just say uh, one of those isn't a man? Oh, you want to have a little look at look see at that again? 
Oh, so it's a woman disguised as a corpulent oriental man. Yeah. So I just wanted to say, what, uh, you know, she looks like like a 19-year-old girl. So, yeah, can I just, yeah, I just, sorry. sorry but. That costume is not all that generous in the mammary gland exposure. It is hard to tell because I'm looking and it's not like you can see an Adam's apple or anything. But anyway, yes, so Dookie, you said charity marathon. It is for charity. All So you have to pay... 39 pounds to enter and pledge to raise 150 pounds or 75 pounds and just raise what you can right so and all the the profits that they all the funds that they raise go to works that improve education for children in sub-saharan africa so it's not just you know go out and run around and have what parts of africa again Sub-Saharan, and you're wearing sumo suits. Right. Are you enjoying that, Dookie? (laughs) Absolutely. Sumo suits for Sub-Saharan Africa. I can see why Castilian Spanish comes easily to you, Sylvia. See, don't you just love it? So, Dookie, I'm thinking Battersea Park is lovely. It's a lovely part of town. It's a beautiful park. And if you want to strap yourself into a fat suit that has a built-in black diaper with a little... Nappy. Oh, sorry, nappy. And you get to wear, like, something on your head that makes it look like you have, like, the sumo wrestler top knot that they wear. I think, why not? That sounds fabulous to me. Question. Yes. By entering this event, do they... um, By entering this event... Do they provide their own sumo uniform? Yes. Or, oh, right. So you're they do. right. So all you have one to do one size fits all. One size fits all. And when you get there, a mass sumo warm up will take place, which just guarantees to be a great big wobbly laugh. I would love to wear one of those suits. I just think they look like fun. And how long is the run? Not as long as a normal marathon, it's five kilometers. So in Battersea Park. It's by no means for the novice runner. No, I wouldn't have thought so. And, you know, if you're running around in a fat suit for 5K... In July. In July. In South London. And it has been quite warm lately. I'm thinking maybe best be in kind of good condition and bring some water with you. Absolutely. I think we should all go. I think it sounds amazing. And imagine when you take off that suit, what a relief that must feel like. So I know men don't have the equivalent of this, but Marcia, I know you'll probably agree with me. When you get home from a day's work and you take your bra off, that is a fantastic feeling. Dookie, do men have an equivalent of that? I have to say the testicles have parallels Uh with the the breasts. And sometimes after a long day, particularly when the weather's quite hot, removal of the pants, or as the North Americans call them, underwear, can feel rather nice. And what do you do when you remove the pants? You know, not you particularly, but like men. Because, Marcia, what do you do when you take your bra off? Yeah, well, yeah, you just got to kind of have a good, you know, scratch of the the area when you take, you know, and, and just kind of, you know, bask in the relief. Yeah, so that's that's what women do. They kind of have like little, ha, oh, you know, and you might wave a little at it, you know, get some cool breeze going over it. Is that what you do with the test? 
particular area. Men would most definitely bask in the relief in they their would own bask, special way. Oh, they would bask in some certain type of relief. Absolutely. I got Once those that. bad boys are out in the air, a bit of a grope needs to take place. Of course. Just to double check that all is good. Of course you have to check. And remember, so- testicular cancer is a killer but a preventable one if diagnosed early. Do not have a near-death experience. Check yourself regularly. Well, absolutely. And, Dookie, so can you just imagine, so the the equivalent, so taking your bra off or taking your underwear off at the end of the day, can you, you know, you'd have to time that by 100 after you've worn a fat suit through a 5K run. Absolutely, yes. I mean, the relief must be amazing. Yes, and the fact that you have worked up such a sweat in aid of a brilliant cause. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? I love Nigella one time because she said, I love her all the time, but one time she said, it's TV like, chef Nigella Lawson yes, is who lovely, Sylvia lovely, is talking about. gorgeous Nigella. She once compared something to, I can't remember what she was comparing it to, but she said it's like the blessed relief when bagpipes stop playing. And I just thought that's such a beautiful analogy because you know when you're around bagpipes and they get kind of a little bit relentless, even if you're in Scotland? And once they stop, it's like that gorgeous two seconds of, ah. So I think doing this 5K run in a sumo suit for sub-Saharan Africa would just be worth it for the good cause, but also for that feeling of blessed relief when you finally get that suit off. I love doing it, but more importantly, I loved finishing it. Jesus, Absolutely. I nearly died on that goddamn run. And then you can go have a nice big piece of cake or something to reward yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. Marsha, are you in? Yeah! You don't sound you know, up yeah, for it. I would be Except, let's face it, people, I don't even need the suit. So, and the problem with me is I'm going to... That's not remotely true. Listeners need to be told. I mean, let's just talk about facts here. So I'd go wobble my way around five kilometers, and then I don't get that relief at the end of being able to take off my fat butt. So, but, you know, I'll go because it sounds like fun and I like this picture. You know, they, you know, it looks funny and it's, you know, it's a good way to raise some money. So, yeah, I'll go to answer your question, but I won't be participative if you get my saying there. I do. I think we should all go and have a fabulous fat, fat time. So, near death... And fatty fat suits around the park. Let's get in there. Let's do it. I'm there. Sylvia, it has been a slice, a delicious slice of sumo wrestling, near-death celebrating, post-workout, nether regions groping heaven. Having you back in the Dookie Radio Show studio. Oh, thank you, Dookie. Thank you, Dookie listeners. This has been Sylvia Silversmith reporting on scintillating situations in your city. Ah, God. My balls hoit. Let's see what Slutty Sue is doing in her house. 
done with those mugs? To a mere pedestrian or uninitiated local, Penge may appear to be an unremarkable suburb of London. Neither city nor country, neither posh nor destitute. But in this quiet enclave in the southeastern quarter of our nation's capital is an Art Deco semi-detached house owned and occupied by a North American transplant to Blighty named Slutty Sue. And while I was on my way to the Dukey Radio Show studios, I popped into Sue's pristine abode and asked, Slutty Sue, what have you been up to? So the golf's been on and there's nothing I like better than a lovely, clean, dimpled ball shooting across a dirty fairway. I took some inspiration from the Open Championships and decided to go to my nearest green for a golf tutorial. He was a lovely tutor and he started me off with a waggle before warning me about his pop-ups. Then he showed me how to use a ten-finger grip on the wood to ensure a perfect angled approach to achieve the sweet spot, which is optimal for ball-striking results. Once he'd finished giving me the basics, he decided that the green was way too clean for me, and he wanted to take me to the rough. I loved it because it was so dirty. Once we were there, we played around using stroke play. It was so good that I hit a zinger, and my tutor had to dig around in his pocket for a ball marker. The tutor said we should play again and suggested a scotch foursome. When we finished, I noticed that the tutor's golf paraphernalia had got all muddy. So this week, I've mostly been scrubbing my golf tutor's club. Although it was a great relief that that particular segment was free of strong language, it did possess a great deal of pointless sexual innuendo. And for that, we are slightly sorry. Should I go the whole Brit and say fag? I nipped outside to have a fag, which uh, in American means I went outside to have a cigarette. And I know it's bad for me. I know it's wrong. I know it's polluting. I know all that, but I did it anyway. Uh, And... The only place to have a cigarette was uh, next to a bus stop. And there was 
a couple of gals sitting there and they were kind of chitting chatting while they were waiting for the bus and you know I'm just you know dragging on my fag and it's all good and dragging on my fag that would mean a whole different thing in New York anyway uh, I quite enjoyed their chitting chatting because you know they were being kind of funny and they were talking about music and stuff and so I'm quite enjoying this week's overheard because I actually know what they meant so I'm listening in and what I overhear one of them say to the other was uh if you're gonna take the time to travel all the way through the desert, name the damn horse. And Dookie, I figured it out. So it made me feel pretty smart. What did you figure out? I figured out what they must have been talking about. So. Oh, the horse with no name well, yeah, to Yeah, yeah, thank you. So they got on the bus and they went on their way, and I was kind of like. You know, the way I think about these things, you're going to travel through the desert. Ah, they must be talking about, I've been through the desert with a horse with no name. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty sensible. You're traveling all the way through the desert. You didn't have time to come up with a name for your horse. But there's some people that have pets and they don't name them. I have a friend who had a cat, right? Named what Well, nothing. And it used to bug me because I used to say to him, like, you know, how's your cat? And, and, you know, he had this cat for a long time. He's gay. You know, why don't we just say it? Of course he's gay. He's a guy with a single guy with a cat. Anyway. uh, Stereotype. Yeah, he's a stereotype. So, uh, and he used to say, oh, my cat did this. My cat did that. What's your cat's name? Well, he doesn't have one. And I can kind of understand, because cats don't come when you call them anyway, so why call them anything? And he said, oh, well, but you got to call it something. So he said, you know, oh, well, we call it Puss. He and his mom, you know, because he lived with his mom, because he was a gay stereotype. He lived with his mom and his cat. And I was like, why, why didn't you just name it? What I, You know, what I need to ask him is what was on the vet record? <laughs> you know? I think what vets do in that situation is just put the name of the owner down. So the name of the owner is Rob Hammond. Oh, so no anonymity here. He's a lovely man. If you're listening, Rob, I love you. Hi, Rob. I love you to to bits. You know, name your cat. You know, (laughs) you know, and then his cat died. And, you know, I met up with him and we were going for coffee the way we do. And, you know, we were kind of chitting, chatting, you know, how's your week? You know, what have you done? And. Then we got in the elevator and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And he said, oh, yeah, uh, by the way, my cat died. And I was like, oh, so you talk about the weather and what you dying. Maybe, you know, he was a, maybe he was avoiding the, the most emotive topic. Yeah, no, he wasn't. You know, I don't really like animals. I don't care that much. But, you know, I thought, oh, you have to... I Did he, he just not give a shit and well, it was no, just an aside? Well, I think he gave a shit, but it's like, you know, he gave a did, shit. Did he, give, did he give a piss? But, you know, you, well, yeah, maybe, but, you know, he, you know, he'd lived with his cat for years and A, he didn't name it, and B, he didn't tell me when it died. 
I was like, you know... Anyway, you know, name the horse. You know, I'm not a big animal gal. I don't really... You know, I don't get it. But, you know, if I'm naming... If I'm, if I'm gonna go through to the trouble of walking through the desert with nothing but a horse, you know, I might be lying under the stars at night in my sleeping bag trying not to die. I might be thinking, you know, Bob. Bob is, you know, I'll call it Bob. Now, Marsha. Yeah. You've recently acquired a new laptop. Yeah, that feels like more of a pet to me than anything. Have you named it? No, but I was tempted. I was tempted, and then I thought, you know, that kind of goes the way of, you know, emoticons. Ooh. You know, once you get into naming inanimate objects, you're you're only a step away from signing off all your texts with a winky face. A winky face? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I, you know, come on. I don't care if people do that. Sylvia, you like a winky face. You like a kiss and a hug. You know, fine. I don't have a problem with it. But do I sound like a sentimental woman to you? No. No. So, you know, it's a computer. I love it. It's very nice to look at. I don't, you know, I don't need to form a relationship with it. Listen, we need to, to go and start training for this run that we're doing. Yeah. To raise loads of money for people in the desert. Yeah. Let's just at least make sure that they can name their fucking horses. What is with the strong language on this show? It's downright unsavoury. Well, I'm afraid that's your lot. You've been listening to M.O.T. My name is Dukey and I've been your host. May the worst of tomorrow be the best of yesterday. Thanks for listening. And remember the horse. Well, I've been through the desert on the horse with no name. It felt good to be out in the rain. Why didn't you just name the bloody horse then? I would have named it after me Roy. La, la. <laughs>